Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, you're listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show with Phil Iazetta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now your host, Phil Iazetta. Joining us on the 5-Minute Talk Show hotline is a comic who honestly blew me away the first time I saw her. It was on the Stephen Colbert Show. You may have also seen her at the Just for Laughs Festival back in 2016. She was named one of the 10 funniest women in New York City by Time Out New York. And I'm telling you, to be named one of the 10 funniest anything in New York, Emma, is a huge honor. Ladies and gentlemen, Emma Wilman, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much. What a nice intro. I appreciate that. Well, let me tell you, everything I said was true. First of all, how did you manage growing up in a town of 800 with with a criminal like Rick running around that town <laughs> to, to actually make it to New York City and just excel in stand-up in such a short period of time? Because honestly, Emma, you seem so polished. I really appreciate that. Well, so, Okay, so I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you the truth in a couple of things. So the criminal's name wasn't Rick. It was it was it was Tom. But I had to, we, had to, we had to change it, and then and then you might get a kick out of this. But we, and and also I was in a lot of trouble too. Tom was my best friend, one of my good friends growing up. So, but we had a the name of the cop that Netflix said you know you got to change that name for legal reasons. So so I changed the cop's name when I talked about him on my stand-up set, and I think I did that on Netflix. So. Say his name, real name is Greg. I said his name was Dave. After okay. it aired, I got like 200 messages from people in my hometown being like, how could you forget his name? Like, they, <laughs> they were like, what the hell is happening to you in entertainment? And I was like, this is exactly just highlighting how small a town it is. So that was the, they were like, because it would be unfathomable for someone to mess up someone in my hometown's name because it's so small. But, and I was like, and, and the, I knew the cop, I mean, he pulled me over, you know, like, I was like, I didn't forget his name, guys, like, we you can't, you can't, I couldn't say his real name. And, it's so funny, because I'm from a small town, too. Oh, are you? Where and, are you and from? That's what absolutely killed me. Well, I, I grew up in New York City for grammar school and all that, but then we yep. moved to Connecticut to a small town called Canaan, and it was oh, literally. Canaan, yep. Just every, like, music video. 
I became like so into music videos, not comedy, music videos. And then I was like, I want to do something in entertainment. I want to do something in entertainment. And then I was just always, I think maybe because I wasn't doing well in school. And then I was like, oh, entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. So I just became kind of fixated on it at a pretty young age. But not comedy. The only comedy I ever saw growing up was Seinfeld. I saw some clips of him on his the sitcom. And then Comic View. Did you ever watch Comic View? Yes, yes. Yeah, I used to watch Comic View, and so that was kind of like, and I really like, I remember liking Bruce Spruce, but I didn't even know he was a comedian. I just thought he was a really funny guy. Right? <laughs> Bruce Spruce one of the nicest guys, too. Have you had a chance to meet Bruce? No, I, I haven't, but he, I, I, I watched him so many times. Well, I told him that I used to watch him on Comic View the first time I met him, but he was like, no. You really, he's like, people actually watch that thing? So I mean, one of the greatest guys. It's, it's so crazy though, Emma, because when we grow up watching our heroes, like you say Seinfeld, and then we actually get to see them, and you sure. especially yeah, get to them work a bunch of with times. them. I mean, think about yeah. it, though. You guys are playing the same clubs being in New York City. How much it's does amazing. that mean yeah. to you being a comic in that city? It's such a – it's very bizarre because especially at the cellar, so I'm in Vegas in the cellar, and at, in New York, the first couple times you see Chappelle or Chris Rock, you're like, what? And it's just it just seems insane. And then it actually becomes like a logistical thing. Like it'll be like, okay, Chappelle's dropping by. So then if you're on the lineup, that means you're, the time you're supposed to go up is changed. So I remember one time he stopped – the first time he stopped by, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And then after a couple of times, I was like, "Oh wait, what does this like? What what does this mean logistically?" Like, and then I you get to, jaded immediately. You get jaded pretty quick, and then I, <laughs> you get just the self involvement comes right out. Like, well, what does this mean for me? But he he, uh, I, I've had to follow him a few times, and with, with Chappelle, it's like, yeah. After a few times, it just kind of it it seems like it was just like, okay, this is just what you have to do, but. I, then I had a moment where I was like, wow, that is really surreal that that got kind of normalized. And Ray Romano really, I was kind of, that was very surreal. I um, I was hosting at the cellar and I went up, that's when you bring the comedians up and I know you know that, but I always, I always sometimes forget when people don't know the different lingo because um, I didn't before I did it. But um, Ray Romano was there with his wife and I said, uh, you're, you know, you're on, and I'll come get you or whatever. And he said, okay. And then he calls in when he's supposed to go on, so they give him his spot pay, like he's any other comic. Right. So he goes here, and he slides me the cash. He would get paid for the spot. And I was like, no, no, the club pays me too. And he looked at me, and he went, he was like, yeah, but I'm not going to take the money. Like, you know, that'd be weird. So he's like, I always give it to the host. And that was, I think that was one of the, like, nicest wow. Isn't that nice? Like, what a classy the, guy. He is one of those guys. And, you know, you talk about the cellar in New York. That place, to me, it, it's like Mecca for comedy. It really is. It, is. it is such a great place. And you talk about moments like that that you have with Ray Romano. I mean, the guy is worth how many gajillion dollars? He's Seriously. done everything in the business. And just to take the time to just show that gesture to a fellow comic, it makes you feel, Emma, like you're in a fraternity kind of, of just totally, you know, just an amazing group of people because that happens more often than not. You're you're totally right. And it, it really is. It's one of those things where it's like, 
when you think about it, it just seems like crazy. But then when you're in the mix of it, it seems kind of simple. Like when you're there, it seems very simple. It's like, okay, this is where people sit. You know, when, when you're there, you know, he was just, and he's friends with the booker, Esty, and the staff is still the same. So when you're there, it's like, oh, there's, you know, him. He's having dinner with his wife. He, he comes with his wife a lot. And she usually stays upstairs. I, I said, I asked once, I said, do you, do you want to come downstairs? You know, obviously we'll get you a fee. Like, we're, and she was like, <laughs> she was, she was, it's like, what do you even say to someone that same? You know, it's like, I'm like, oh, I can get you guys a fee. Like, what, you know, <laughs> I'm not really like pulling in any favors to be like, can we get Ray Romano's wife a seat? But she was like, no, I, I've seen him. You know, I, I, he was like, she's seen me plenty. Like, she's seen enough comedy. So she usually stays upstairs. And he, that was to me the, that was the, and, and, I, and Chelsea Handler, I met Chelsea Handler one time, which was also surreal because I didn't recognize her. So she, I was sitting with Dave Attell and she came over and they said, hi. And then we shook hands and she said, we know each other, we've met. And I said, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know who she was. And then I was sitting across from her and I said, you know what? We actually haven't met. I recognize you from TV. I, we, we haven't met. And then she said, I, I think we have. And I was like, I actually know I would remember we, we haven't. And I'm, I'm actually really easygoing, so I don't know why I didn't just let it go. I was like, we definitely haven't met. And she was like, I think we have. And then I was like, no, I know I'm not. Because you're not from Hollywood, Emma. You don't lie to people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what my problem was. Like, I could have just kept it moving, but I was like, no, I got confused. And then she was like, I think we did. And then we kind of left it at that. But I was like, we didn't. But I'm telling you, that is so great, though, that that doesn't change you. None of the success changes you. If you call someone out, it doesn't matter if it's Ellen DeGeneres, Chelsea Handler. I did not meet you, lady, okay? Yeah, I was like, actually, no. <laughs> I remember. I just saw you. It's now, you mentioned, you mentioned not to interrupt you, but you mentioned <laughs> two pillars of the comedy community. First, you know, David Tell, everyone knows him. But a lady who a lot of people, you know, she flies under the radar, but she means so much to the comedy community, Esty. Yeah. What was it like getting passed by her? Tell me about that night. What was it like, that experience, and what did it mean to you after you got that rite of passage? So I'll tell you exactly. So when you do the audition at the cellar, they have you go down on their Friday night show. It's not like a special audition night or some kind of thing where the audience is there to see an audition. They're, they're all there to see a show. And it's like one of the, all the shows there are like, it's like the weekend every night, but it's a Friday 1130 show. So it's just, it's like, you know, primetime show and they give you five minutes. And to get the audition at Stiller is like a, like a web of different things that have to come into play. So when I, when I had the audition, I didn't tell anybody. And I remember just like, I maybe told one or two people and I was running around, like running my set and I was pretty, I was just like, okay, it felt very surreal to do. And I went in and in order to get downstairs to where you perform, you have to have a code and I didn't know the code. So there was like lots of like awkward, like kind of milling around, just feeling weird. And then a comedian named Gary Goldman, who I know from Boston, popped Love up. Love Gary. Loved, what a nice guy pops up. He's like, Emma, you auditioning? He's like, you, you probably don't know the code. He's like, come on. He showed me the code. <laughs> then he, he took me downstairs and he said, here's how you walk on the stage. Here's where the light is. And that was real. And I was like, oh, thank God. You know, that was really nice of him. 
and you meet SB and she, she's beautiful. She's really, she's, I think she's in her 60s. Mm-hmm. Really, really, she's got an air of like, um, she seems like a royal, but I mean that in, in like, like a, like a majestic kind of way. Right. And very regal for some reason. She has like an aura yeah, around you. her. Yes. <laughs> Total. Regal. Er, that's a great word. So she, she comes down to watch your set. But one thing I'll, I remember is she, when I was right before I went on, she wasn't downstairs. So I was like, oh, she's going to, Let's get, she's gonna miss the set. Like, so then I go on and like right my first word it was like she just like appeared. And I've seen other people audition now and it's the same thing every time. Like she just kind of appears. Like I don't know how she gets down there. I don't know if she has a trap door or something. She just kind of and I'll, if I see a comic auditioning and it's like a buddy, I'll be like, she's not here. She will be. She will be here. She'll appear. She just kind of. <laughs> Materializes. She materializes. (laughs) She's graceful. And she, I've noticed if she likes the person she's watching, she kind of goes into the room more. She usually will go into the room. But I think the reason she does it is I think she doesn't want to psych the comic out. I think that's probably why. I mean, they're going to be psyched out, but I think it's probably that she wants to have it so like she, if she's in there the whole time, maybe, I don't know what the thought process is behind it, but. So I did my five minutes, and um, I remember I was happy with it. You know, when I did Just for Laughs, I was really, that I wasn't happy with. And then, ever since then, I've kind of just let, just tried to, like, because I wasn't in the moment with it. Now I just try to, like, just think of me and the audience. We're just going to have a good time. Like, it's kind of, I'll just kind of tune everything else out. So do it. Went upstairs, and she, you sit with her, and then she asks you she gives you a, a email and a number on an index card and slides it across. And then you give her your information. You slide it across to her. And I couldn't believe – I was really excited. And I, I remember asking her, I said, oh, where are you from? And she said, Israel. And I didn't know what – I went, oh, that's great. But I didn't know what to say to that. <laughs> and she said, okay. And then and – then, and then I hear they have great bagels. Yeah, I didn't know what to say about that. Because <laughs> I don't have any reference point for Israel. Right. And I don't know any, like, fun facts or have any follow-up questions. So I went, oh, that's great. And she said, okay. But well, it was it, a surreal moment. It's one of those things. Every single comic you ask, everybody remembers it. And they paint the picture mm-hmm. just like you did. And it's to me, that's a special place, and comedy needs a place like that. And that's why I tell all these comics from the West Coast, it's great if you play The Cellar in Vegas. That's great. It looks like The Cellar in New York. They did an amazing job, but you have to go to New York. You have, you have to. to go to New York because the big difference, too, is it's just literally – I remember reading this interview with someone once where they're like, if you want to be in show business, you have to go – well, Vegas is, a me- is also a mecca of show business, but in a very different way. It's like – exactly. It's like you're doing your victory lap here with your, you know, like I see people have their residencies and it's just like a very different thing where in New York, there's just this constant like discomfort of the city. So that's very conducive for comedy. Not great for mental health, but for, <laughs> Who needs for that? Needs that? <laughs> for comedy, it's, there's something where it's just like just the other people around are more 
I always think to people, I said, you've got to be focused on getting in at the seller because show business is so ambiguous. Like, it's so hard to know what to focus on sometimes. If you're in New York, get in at the seller. That's how I got in Colbert. The booker was at the seller. And then the Colbert booker, getting on Colbert was how I got a really good acting agent. And he was how I got on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because he's really good. He didn't, he doesn't really just get auditions. He kind of, especially with getting Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, he really pushed me to do the best audition I could for that. So that all does trace back to the seller. So I wouldn't have gotten, I wouldn't have connected, his name's Ken. I wouldn't have connected with him if it wasn't for that Colbert case. Right. You you mentioned Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Are you amazed at how, <laughs> I mean, you look at comedy, and, and there are guys that have spent, I, I mean, you talk about Gary Goldman. Gary Goldman, if he were on television, would have been a star 50 times over with the amount of work he's put in. Now, he's you handsome. Just, he's a good-looking guy. Like I never understood it. I never understood it. But when you look at Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and the, and the exposure that you get from that, and then you see a guy like David Tell, I mean, does it? Are, are you almost angry at television because it just gives the wrong people sometimes that that outlet when there are guys like a tell Gary Goldman, just a person for God's sake, yeah. who should be household names, and there are idiots like the Kardashians running around who are famous and make it billions. So th- that's such a good question, and I think about that all the time. That is like the true. That is a true mind screw that I right. really. That you really get if you like go if you like comedy and going to comedy clubs you go to enough shows it'll start to really screw with your head because I remember seeing certain people where I go what they are they're all the way funny like the yep. they, the material is worked out funny lovable and then they're not famous and you're like wait a minute wait a minute what the hell is going on <laughs> so I started kind of like I ask about that like I I really and with Gary in particular. I was with, um, I, I was like obsessed with being like, why is Gary Goldman, like the discrepancy between him and Dan Cook is too big. You know, oh, thank you. What's, go- what's going on? And Gary, like, couldn't be nicer. So, it's, it's tricky. I mean, I think, I really don't know. It doesn't make me resent TV, but it does make me be like, it's, TV is an entirely different game and a different beast. And when you talk about getting like, integrated into other media then all these things come into play like you know oh what do you like like uh it's like to get into that it's like the audition process is totally different from doing stand-up but there's overlap so it shouldn't be that different but it really it can be mind-boggling even even when i watch some comics that get some stuff it'll be just greener than the people that we mentioned then i'll be like why are they getting that stuff and it's usually because they'll have a look the business also loves non-threatening yes oh my goodness oh my god absolutely love you emma because i they love it i think the same exact thing you have these i'm not going to name names but you brought oh no but that would be hilarious if we did just imagine i could right now one is on the tip of my tongue (laughs) you mentioned a great one dane cook and, and gary you talk about those two guys. The writing is so much different. The thought process. So, I mean, Gary is such a comics comic. But yes. Dean got all the movies, got the Jessica Alba roles, the Jessica Simpson right. roles. Uh, to me, it drives me nuts. So but on what the back gonna, end, he did yeah. all that social media stuff. 
So then he was like putting in, he was, he was putting in work in some other area that was new. Well, what are we going to do for you? How are we going to make sure that Emma Wilman doesn't become, well, and I hate to say this, Gary Gold. Gary's going to kill me for saying that. But how do we make you Dane Cook, that Dane Cook person? Not that you want to be, but how do we get you that exposure? Well, it's such a, and it's so interesting too, because so much of it does come out, come out in the water. You know, there is something to be said too for then when people, now it's like there's so many other opportunities for that, for your stuff to come out. Right. So now it's like, uh, you know, like both Jessica and Gary, I think, have like big projects coming up that are going to, I think Gary said it's HBO. Right. And uh, Jessica has Bill Burr behind her yeah. now, which is going to help. Right. Which would be huge. But the thing I've been, that I always go back and forth with is that I'll be, I've been doing so many acting auditions. And then I'm, I'll be like, is this the best use of my time here? Because I'm not like a trained actor. I had an audition the other day where it was me stuck under a piece of concrete for six pages dying. That was the audition. And after I did the audition, I was like, you know, and I ran into Andrew Schultz, who's a really, 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 he's one of my favorite comics, and he's doing all this stuff with social media. And I, after the audition, I just ran into him, and I told him that, and he goes, why'd you do that audition? I was like, well, and I do love acts. I do love, I love on-camera stuff. Like, I love, um, I love podcasting. I love radio. But he was like, I was like, it's good exposure for stand-up. And he was like, isn't stand-up the best exposure for stand-up? Right. So that was a – I think that it's about just building your community and, and connecting so you can mobilize people. But I don't have the answer other than that. And then just trying to be as good as you can be. In, uh, well, it, it drives me nuts because years past, you know, you would have Letterman. You'd have Leno. Right. You'd have, you know, Fallon to some extent. But, you know, Colbert, you being on Colbert, that was like a one in – what, 500 show thing where he has a stand-up comic actually do stand-up out there? So yeah. Aside yeah. from Rogan, I mean, is Joe Rogan pretty much the preeminent place now if you want to break? Is that the show to do? I really think it is. I think Joe Rogan and then also, and he, Rogan, and you know, those guys that do, and I've been thinking a lot about trying to move to L.A. actually because when you see the guys in L.A. that are kind of, the people in L.A. that are kind of at the top there, they, that's a whole different, it's a little bit of a different model. Like, it's very right. uh, other media. It's not all just, it's not, it's stand-up heavy, and then a lot of those guys really focus on their podcast, too. Right. But I think Joe Rogan, I think it's, I think now it's got to be consistent stuff, and then Joe, something like a Joe Rogan would be, is like a huge, that's one of the things that does make a big dent. Because nothing's everything, but everything's like something. Right. And I like Joe Rogan. I just started listening to it. I love him. I, I love what he does. I love the fact that he really doesn't play favorites. He calls it like he sees it. He yes. everyone on from every walk of life. And that's what I love. Because to Do me, you, that's what comedy is. Yes. Do you eat, like, elk and that stuff he talks about? I would not eat elk. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, Emma. I'm trying to get away from meat entirely. Me I mean, too. If, it, if it has a face, I just don't want to eat it. Me too. Me too. I eat too much meat. I, I, yeah. I, I'm trying to get away from meat. But like, that's because like, we're from New England. That's all we yeah. have in the winter. You know, you suck okay. up on the <laughs> I eat too much meat. I, I eat bacon every elk. day. I need to stop. I'm, it's disgusting. No, you I, don't need to stop. Bacon is such stop. a great thing. <laughs> Bacon keeps me alive. I have to get away from meat too. I 
hear you, but let me tell you, when he posts all that elk stuff, it's just a little too rare for me. I just, I get a visual of bullwinkle. I know that's not an elk, but I don't know why. Uh, it's just bad, Emma. I have problems. Emma will be at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas all weekend. If you can't catch her this weekend, don't worry about it. She's always in New York. She's traveling all over the place. Can you give everybody your website so they can follow you? Yes, please, and thank you, Phil. My website is emmacomedy.com, and I'm on Instagram so at Emma Wilman, and if you DM me, I always try to hit, hit back. Oh, boy, you're asking for problems. Emma Wilman? That's right. We love you so much. Thank you are so such much. an amazing comic, and you look nothing like Nick Carter. He is so much more feminine. It's ridiculous. Oh, hey, hey, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, you so too. much Thank you, Phil. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep listening at 5MinuteTalkShow.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.